Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Come on, Bob, whistle. <laughs> As always in this hour, we try to walk in sunshine indoors at least, if not outdoors. Bob Heron is here, Wheeling City Manager. Is it sunny out there at all? Any sun it's out uh, there? It's gray and cold. Okay, delightful. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad so glad to hear that. Maybe another day to go home and wrap up in a blanket. That's what I did for, for much of the weekend. 45, Wheeling, Ohio <laughs> County Airport. 45 at the Highlands. 47 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 45 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling. In the heart of the Ohio Valley, pop-up showers are likely on and off throughout the day today, mostly cloudy, high around 54. Uh, tomorrow, pretty much the same thing. Uh, Wednesday should be sunnier, up to maybe close to 60, and then rain again into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So not uh, not the world's best week, but it is a fall-like week. 9-10 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Before we get to Bob here and Bob Slater, we were talking about food in the last segment of the show and restaurants and so on. Uh, I did not catch this, but one of our listeners uh, texted me, did you hear the news segment that just ran on ABC? Said that Chick-fil-A has the slowest drive through and Taco Bell the fastest drive through I did hear that, and I think they got it opposite myself. Yes, that's what this, the, the texter says, who funded that, Taco Bell? Taco Bell is always the slowest. Chick-fil-A moves you quicker than anyone. I'm not a huge fan of Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A. It's okay. I'm not one of these ones. Like Emily Goodman was, you know, could hardly wait till it came to town. She could eat at the Chick-fil-A. But I will say this. Their their drive-thru is unbelievably efficient. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with the texter, Bob. I don't know where... I don't know who did that survey. I mean, they're fast and they're very friendly. They ask your name. They call you your name. I I, I don't understand that. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. I didn't hear the news segment. All I know is what the, so Chick-fil-A has the slowest drive through Taco Bell, the fastest. I don't, uh, I just don't, I don't, I tend to think not, but I don't know. 9-11 Watchdog Morning Show. Wheeling City Manager is here. Bob Heron. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. I always like to have you here. I don't invite you enough. I apologize for that because... You're like the point man for everything that goes on here in this in the city. Do you sometimes wish you weren't? No, not at all. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know, whenever there's questions to be asked, then most reporters go straight to you. And and uh, I'll say one thing: you've always been a pretty straight shooter. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. You don't I try uh, to be. You try not to dodge things. Yeah. Well, I try not to. I, you, <laughs> some, <laughs> Normally, some, I don't. Sometimes, sometimes you do. Hey, speaking of dodging things, did you have to dodge things coming in here, like on the streetscape project? I mean, uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> it's all over and all over the place. I should say it's not all over. It's got a long ways to go. But uh, yeah, um, you know, the storm sewer work is coming up Market Street, and they're into uh, a little more depth, um, and the pipe is now gone from uh, PVC to concrete. Um, uh, so I mean, that's. I've said it, you know, for many, many months and before the project started that that, um, that Market Street storm sewer project was going to be a major excavation, a major part of the project. And I think, you know, all that's coming true. Um, and But at the end of the day, when it's done, um, you know, that, that storm sewer pipe, along with the one that's on Main Street, will provide um, stormwater management for downtown, but also provide for future expansion of uh, buildings and 
you know, the construction of new buildings in, in the event that occurs um, because there now will be a storm sewer um, that uh, those uh, buildings will be able to drain into. Do you ever get frustrated yeah. hearing all the complaints about the streetscape? I mean, we say it here, you say it, the mayor says, every, you know, there's a reason for the work. When it's done, it'll be better. We've got to take time to do it. We, we explain it over and over again, but people just like to complain. Well, I think that, um, you know, the people that aren't familiar with major construction, um, you know, A, don't like it when it occurs, which I don't blame them, but um, but the, I don't think they realize the the pace that uh, has to happen when you're doing a major uh, project, that it's not as fast as what you'd like it to be. Uh, I think most people understand that at the end of, the, the end of this project, it's going to be, you know, a, a very beneficial project to downtown Wheeling, but it is incredibly inconvenient right now, and it's, I think it's getting on everybody's wires. Uh, you, you said, I forget how you phrase it, um, it's not done is the bottom what I'm getting to. What's the time frame on this? Well, um, best okay, guess. At okay, least. yeah. So um, contractually, the the project is uh, initially was going to be done in November of 2024. Uh, it a is year going, from now. Yes, yeah, yes, and uh, it is going to be extended. Um, I think I think the uh, significant part of the project will be completed by November, but it's not going to be completely done by November of of 2024. Um, it's probably going to look to towards the summer of 2025 before everything is absolutely completed. And one of the key parts of that is is that there's a significant amount of landscaping that goes into the um, bioswales as well as the bump outs, and that will be the last the last um, uh, part of the project because there's a one year guarantee on the on the plant material. So that that might not be done until the spring of 2025, but that is the last component of the project. A key reason that this has taken so long and that it's so complicated is because, as you pointed out in the beginning, we need. There's a lot of underground work. It's not just coming through with a asphalt and paving over the street. There's a lot of underground work that's being done. Yeah, and that, actually, that's the way the project started. Was it was going to be a mill and fill project on Main and Market, and then uh, about the time that that had been funded, the health plan uh, announced that they were going to be building in downtown Wheeling. And then there was a project in the Eastern Panhandle that the state had helped with some infrastructure issues with. So the mayor at the time, uh, Andy McKenzie, went to the governor at the time, Earl Ray Tomlin, as well as uh, Paul Maddox, who was the transportation secretary, and said, you know, we've got really bad sidewalks in downtown Wheeling. We think you should participate in a streetscaping project. And uh, so the mill and fill, which was the pave, uh, grinding and paving of Main and Market, was about a $2.6 million project at the time. We put together cost estimates to, new, to do new uh, sidewalks and curbs in downtown Wheeling. I think with, at the time it was like $3.8 million. So the governor and the uh, transportation secretary at the time agreed to do that. And then shortly thereafter, there were signals that had to come in, new signalization in downtown Wheeling, the ADA improvements. They wanted to change uh, radiuses uh, to make them in compliance with, uh, with federal standards, which required storm sewer. So the project started out literally as a $2.6 million mill and fill paving and project. Now? And now it's, it's – it's, by the time it's all said and done with all the city utilities, all the private utilities, AEP um, – uh, the, the state, the DOH's uh, project, it's going to be in excess of $50 million. So yeah, a good grew. bit of that's taken care of by the state, though, right? Well, yes. Um, the, the, state, uh, the state contract uh, that, that Triton is working under right now started out at 30, I think $34 million or somewhere in that range. Of that, um, the uh, city of Wheeling paid $2 million. Uh, the state, uh, through the federal government, through a, a, a raise grant, 
um, uh, funded about uh, 16.5 million of that, and then the state funded the remaining portion of it. The city um, paid about uh, $5 million for replacing the water line in advance of the project. We put about a million dollars into the storm sewer on uh, Main Street, and then we also uh, put about $1.5 million into uh, lining the, uh, the uh, sanitary sewer on Market Street, which is a main trunk line, um, and uh, that was uh, like $1.5 million. And then AEP is in excess of $5 million. I mean, everywhere you look, you see Evans, and that's AEP. And then uh, I have no idea what uh, Mountaineer Gas uh, put into the project, but, you know, they— you know, who, who coordinates the timing of all this? Is that the, the contractor? Is that the city? Is the state? I mean, you got to get the gas, the electric, the water work, and it's all got to be done in a certain it, fashion. It was, and, and, and it, was done, it was done really, really well. Um, and, and I'll talk about a little bit of a hiccup there in a second. But what, what happened was the, when the project morphed from the mill and fill, the streetscape, and then the, the signalization part of it, which requires underground boring, et cetera. And signalization, you mean by st- uh, street lights? And no, um, this is traffic the, signals. Yeah, the, traffic the, signals, the, the crosswalks, the yeah. red, red okay. lights, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so then that um, required underground uh, boring and underground construction. So immediately um, there was coordination between uh, um, Verizon, Frontier, um, AEP, uh, Mountaineer Gas, and any other fiber optic utility that we knew. We had several meetings uh, early on and coordinated, you know, here's here's what's going to be happening. Uh, now, at that time, we didn't know about the storm sewer, but we did know that there would be significant underground boring, et cetera, so people needed to get their, get their stuff uh, in order, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, we're now starting to deal with vaults and, you know, the sidewalks right. being up, et cetera. So there were coordination meetings early on, and then that prompted um, the city to uh, begin the design and then ultimately the construction of the new water main, um, Vera- or, uh, Frontier came in and redid uh, fiber optics. There's private sector companies that have fiber optic lines that run from buildings to connectors. They upgraded their services. Um, Mountaineer Gas came in and upgraded their service, and then AEP has been working uh, really since that time until, until, until today and will be working for the next year uh, in coordination with the Streetscape project. The only little hiccup on that was that uh, in that coordination, the, the timing of our waterline project was to coincide with beginning of the of the uh, streetscape project. So when we finished the waterline project, the hope there was a few months later than the streetscape project would start. It ulti- ultimately ended up being about a year later. So that was a, a little bit of a coordination issue with, with DOH, trying to figure out uh, how to fund all the additional funding. But but I will say this, in 2019, Governor Justice Justice's um, assistant called me um, in, in November and said, you know, because we were, we were looking at scaling back the project just because of the cost, and that time it was $29 million and basically said, we're going to fund that project 100%. You don't have to cut back the scope. So that, that also delayed it a little bit is that, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to make sure that we get this thing funded, but we're going to need a little bit more time to do that. So all that stuff kind of was, they were all kind of moving parts. There was a lot of good coordination. I think it's paying off now because once the streets, once this general contractor is done, the streetscape is done. All the underground utilities are upgraded, the water lines, sewer lines, everything is done. So all that was done in advance, and some of it's doing, uh, some of it's going on uh, in coordination with uh, with uh, Triton right now. Now you know one of the things that everybody's worried about is this all going to get done? All the water lines, the gas lines, everything's going to be done. Everything underground's going to be done. Going to pave the nice streets. The bump outs will be there. The signals will be there. 
And then in two weeks, somebody's going to have to jack up the street uh, to, <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> to, to no, do some work. There's no guarantee that that won't happen, but every effort possible is being made to ensure that it doesn't. Um, you know, for example, uh, well, you know, as you know, all the, the water line is new. Uh, every single building received a fire service, new fire service, and a new um, uh, domestic service line at no cost. So every single property and building has a new line underground, Some even vacant lots. Uh, will have access to a line that is outside of the streetscape right-of-way. Um, you know, the, the power company is doing everything they can because they have a state-of-the-art underground system. They're making sure everything's in order there. The gas company has come in and replaced their water lines. We lined a sewer line so that hopefully the sewer line doesn't, you know, plug up and collapse. Um, the storm sewers are brand new, so hopefully that won't be the case, but there's no guarantee that something might got might have gotten missed or something may you know catastrophic issue may happen with an underground utility that has to be dug up but we're hoping that that is not the case we're talking to wheeling city manager bob heron this morning here watchdog morning shows 9 22 22 after the hour bob i, I want to stick with streetscape for a minute when we come back from our break uh i because i just want to get a sense now I, you gave me the time frame but what is going to happen where and how yeah. will the next phase of this or the, how will this all move forward we'll talk about that uh, when we come back it's 922 watchdog morning show underway for a monday on the last talk line on metro news i was joined by tony Caridi. we were trying to make sense of the end of the west virginia houston game it was something like that i know i found you just keep playing it in your head you know, you keep you can't get you it's like a loop and you can't get it you can't get it out of your head you're, you're absolutely right <laughs> yeah that the that sticks with you uh, for, for so many different reasons for a long, long time. Talk line weekdays at 10.06 on this Metro News radio station. We'll see you then. The NFL is in full swing. College football is underway. High school rivalries are back. And the boys of summer are still swinging their bats. It is a great time of the year to be talking sports. And we are giving you one more way to do it. The good old boys on sports with Baron Bob. Join Baron Bob Saturday mornings at 8 for sports coverage, conversation, and your calls. The good old boys on sports with Baron Bob, now part of the All Sports Saturday mornings, only on The Watchdog. looking for an affordable hotel with comfortable accommodations and a friendly staff, make sure to book your stay at Sleep In and Suites in Moundsville. It's a non-smoking hotel with an experience that is comfortable and soothing. With no shortage of comfy, floppy pillows on a cozy bed, you're sure to have a great night's sleep. They also offer complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi. They have tons of amenities, and they're located in the heart of Moundsville. Book a room now at sleepinmoundsville.com. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuardWestVirginia. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine.
Bumper music from the year I was married, 1977. That's our theme today here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 925, 25 after the hour, looking at uh, mid-40s uh, pretty much everywhere across the board. Get up into the mid-50s before the day is over and done with, but it's going to be cloudy and uh, rainy most of the day. Whitley City Manager Bob Heron is here with us. A lot of stuff I want to talk about, but uh, everybody talks about the streetscape, and that's what we've been spending time on. Tell me, how you said that the time frame is, it was supposed to be about a year from now. It's probably going to be closer to January of 2025, maybe spring of 2025 before Spring, yeah, spring of 2025, yep. Uh, so that's the time frame. But how is it going to roll out? What's next? You know? Well, yeah, I mean, so the way the project was set up was um, that the storm sewer work would be done on Market Street and that the streetscaping, the sidewalks, curbs, et cetera, would be done on Main Street, which is actually what's playing out. Uh, but what is in active discussions uh, now with, and I, I don't want to speak for the DOH because ultimately they'll make this decision, but what is in active discussion is is that if they get the sidewalks, comp- well, let me back up. First, the way this, the schedule was set up was that once all the streetscaping was done, main and market, the sidewalks, the signals were in, the storm sewers were in, the last component of the project would have been paving main and market. Uh, that was going to be that. That currently is the contract. Um, the way the contract is set up, there are active discussions now with DOH and the contractor and the city to change that. In that, if the streetscaping, the sidewalks, etc., are done on Main Street, they which have. are being done now, uh, they've, they're down, they're basically they're not completely done, but they're almost done with one side of Main, and they're coming back up Main Street now. Is that they would mill and fill Main Street next spring? Um, so it's, it's just gotten to the point where, um, you know, we all can't literally can't take it any longer. Um, so, and that includes DOH. <laughs> all right. So, so, um, so they're going down the street and they'll go back up the street and the other side, so to speak. That, they are now. Yes. Yeah, that's and correct. then, <clears throat> and then maybe you I get that it's not a guarantee. Then maybe when that is all done, when main street is sort of done, they can, do the paving. Yeah, there, there's some there's some additional costs in doing that with mobilization. But like I said, there are active discussions to do that, and that is something the city supports. And um, then it would move around. You have Main Street or Market Street to do too, right? Or right. Or, or and then, yeah, Market Street would uh, would then be done uh, because you remember the uh, storm sewer uh, work on Market Street probably will not be done until the end of the year, um, maybe into mid-January, and then and then the sidewalks and curbs, uh, et cetera, then will, be, will begin on Market Street. And then, of course, don't forget we also have the uh, uh, 14th Street, 12th Street, and 10th Street uh, between the main and market that are going to be subject to the streetscaping as well. And then there's some work that's going to be done out um, 16th Street to Chaplin and Oath Street as um, – uh, you know, as the exit and on-ramp to Route 2 South. If anybody's been out there lately, you know, it's pretty rough, uh, et cetera. So that's part of the streetscape project as well uh, from a paving perspective and the signalization. And then the uh, state also uh, expanded the signalization part of the uh, project to include um, Chaplin and 14th, Chaplin and uh, 12th, and Chaplin and uh, 10th Street. Um, so there's new signals going in there. That was a, a, an expansion here recently. So it really is going to be a, a completely new look, revitalized, revamped downtown. It is. All it is, I mean, yes. The entire downtown. Yes, and then we're in discussions with uh, AP about converting the uh, 
overhead lights to uh, from uh, the high pressure sodium to LED as well. Uh, they actually have a, an LED light down on the corner of 16th Street, 16th and Main, which was recently put up just kind of as a test example. Um, and uh, it looks pretty good, and it lights very well. The problem with, uh, believe it or not, the problem with AEP lights, or I'm sorry, with uh, LED lights with AEP is the tariff on the light, which is what the city pays uh, on a monthly basis per light, is actually double. Uh, you think for it'd LED. Be, for LED, yeah, you think it'd be less expensive because it uses less energy, right. et cetera, but, they, but it is almost double. Really? So we've got to kind of figure that out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's lots going on with it. Um, you know, and, and I, and I, like I said earlier, I know it's, it's everybody's, um, you know, kind of tired of it, et cetera, but we, we have a ways to go. And, and unfortunately you just can't snap your fingers and have a, a streetscape project done. Um, you know, I've gone through this before, um, you know, and I know, I knew how rough it was going to be going into it and, uh, you know, and we still have a long ways to go. The, um, you're, we're moving forward and I'm not sure this becomes an issue now as it was even six or eight months ago, but. There's there a lot of folks felt, and I think some of us on this show, like me, that there could have been better signage downtown. It could have been better ways to direct, especially newcomers. We all know what's going on most of the time. But newcomers coming to town, coming off the Fort Henry Bridge or coming in down Route 2, get really confused. And it looks like, let's be honest about it, a, a, a bombed-out Bay route. Couldn't there be, why hasn't there been a better signage on what to do? And quite frankly... A better explanation to newcomers coming in what is being done if you're coming into town you don't know what's being done um well <clears throat> yeah i'm not really sure how to do that we, we've looked at some, you know the possibility of billboards and and things of that nature but the the traffic control um component of this project is several hundred thousand dollars um and uh you're right i mean it is confusing even when you, you drive down main street right now it's kind of hard to tell which lane you're in and which way is through and which way is to turn left for example onto 10th street um you know certainly I, you know i can speak to the state about that but uh you know i think i think we got caught up in that the every you know there's been a lot of coverage there's been a lot of anticipation of this project i think everybody just figured that uh you know if you live in wheeling you know the streetscape's coming and mm-hmm. you know it's you know it's going to be a a couple of year project it's going to you know the downtown's going to be torn up i but I, but i agree i don't think people understood the extent in which the uh um the, the construction would disrupt and you know present an appearance of you know i, I don't like to use the term as you did beirut but uh but it, it, it's well, rough yeah, looking you, i mean i don't know it's, what the word it's very use. rough it, looking. It, it's 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 like if you're not you if you're not used to the community and you're not used to the fact it's going to be there it, it is it doesn't look good i i, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse at all because but um you know, I mean, I think for a period of time in particular, Bridge Tavern was almost shut off. I mean, the, the barrels were around it and, the you know, uh, Tito's, uh, you know, thank God these guys have decided to, you know, stick through it and live through it. But it's not been the best for them. No, I, I, I understand that. I, I understand. And, you know, I don't know what could have been done. Bridge Tavern, I, I give a huge amount of credit for. It's the old make lemons, lemonade out of lemons. Okay, we we're, we're, we don't have much business. We got this stuff all around us. Let's do our renovation work now. Yeah. I mean, that that was that's a smart move. Yeah, and you know, and and the DOH has been um, responsive to the city and to and, and at least the businesses that have contacted us. And then I know that there's businesses that have gone to them directly, um, but it, it, the Bridge Tavern, as an example, it was 
a, a kind of an un, I don't want to say unexpected, but a little bit longer process because that was an AEP vault that had to be that was. But part of the problem is is that with this project is that AEP has has a very um, elaborate and uh, excellent underground uh, electric system for downtown Wheeling, which they're very proud of, but. It, it has evolved over the past 50 to 60 years. I think it was one of the first underground uh, systems in their, in their system, in their company. Uh, so there's lines everywhere. And, and that particular case was a, a significant excavation by AEP to get the underground, underground wires correct at that location. And there's been a couple of others along the way that that's had to be the case as well. That happened to be the most visible one. All right, I've spent more time than I wanted to a streetscape, but everybody talks about it, and it's a direct <clears throat> impact on many of our local folks. So, But I have other things I want to get into, so let's do a break, and then I want to come back. Uh, the other big thing that's sitting out there, Bob, right now is just what are you going to do? What's the council going to do about, and to what extent do you get involved with the homeless situation? Mm -hmm. This has become a, a pretty big issue. We'll talk about that and more coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 16th. In 2024, the Social Security Administration will increase the benefits by 3.2%, which means about an extra $50 every month. While a notable bump is a well short of the 8.7% boost recipients saw coming into this year, economists say this will not have a long-term effect on Social Security, but other factors will. Roughly 71 million people, including retired ones, disabled, and children receive Social Security benefits. And back here at home, Toys for Tots returned to the Northern Panhandle after 10 years of being absent. The program aims to brighten the Christmas of every child in the Ohio Valley. When the Marine Corps Reserve Station left the area in 2012, it left a gap. That is now being filled by John Lombrolia, the coordinator for Ohio, Brook, and Hancock counties, and Jamie Faulkner, the coordinator for Marshall, Wetzel, Tyler, and Harrison counties. The program collects toys donations from the community that are given to children right here in the Ohio Valley. The toys will be given out this December, and both coordinators are still working to finalize dates and venues for distribution. For more details on signing your child up to receive a toy or how you can help, you can visit our website, WTRF.com. And officials in Brook County held a special ceremony over the weekend to assure the building has a firm foundation. A Masonic cornerstone ceremony was held by the Masonic Fraternity in Wellsburg at what will soon be the new site of the Brook County EMS facility. The ceremony is meant to provide a strong foundation for the building and the people who will be working in it. The new building is in a central area of the county to allow EMTs access to emergencies throughout the county more efficiently. President of the Brook County Commission shared the importance of having the ceremony. Thomas says the new site is already underway and hope to have it complete within a year. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. 
Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Primanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and Hi, it's Howard and Rowe, inviting you to join us every weekday morning. Morning for the Watchdog Morning Show. It is all the morning news and information that you need. We have ABC News, the top of every hour, the Ohio News Network, West Virginia Metro News, Tony Caridi and the Mountaineer Sports Report. Adam Fike has our local weather, local news from WTRF TV7. Then Bob Slider and I give you opinions and analysis and interviews, and we hope a good bit of good conversation. So come around, get all the information you need, have the great conversation you like. Join us weekday, 7 to 10, the Watchdog Morning Show. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Mid-40s, just about everywhere here in the upper Ohio Valley. Going to get up to the mid-50s today with a mostly cloudy day and some pop-up showers to contend with. Uh, same thing for tomorrow. A little bit of sun coming in on Wednesday. Move up to the, around 60 or so. Uh, and then rain into the tail end of the week and into the weekend as well. Wheeling City Manager Bob Heron is in studio here with me. We just got done talking about the streetscape, which is a huge project the city is uh, right in the midst of. The city, the state, and others are involved in that. Uh, but, Bob, one of the things that seems to be bubbling over, it's been sitting sort of half on the back, half on the front burner for a while, is this issue of homelessness mm-hmm. in the city of Wheeling. Uh, homeless liaison appointed a couple years ago. Um, but it, it, my sense is it's beginning to bubble over a bit now. Um, last week you had some folks, um, I don't want to say protest, not the right word, you had some folks assembling outside the building asking that plans to remove a homeless camp in East Wheeling be delayed, which I believe you agreed to do yes. with certain conditions, mm-hmm. right? Yes, correct. Um, which that seemed like everybody seemed to be satisfied with that. But I also see it looks like council this week is going to take up at least first reading of an ordinance for public camping denial. Uh, that's I'm phrasing it wrong. But. Yeah, camping on, on all public property. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean that's that that's a, there's there's several city council members that um, have received complaints throughout this summer, particularly regarding uh, homeless camping, and and I'll kind of talk a little bit about that here in a second, but. But yeah, and then Parkersburg passed a you know a ban uh, recently. Uh, it has not been tested or anything like that legally. But and there are city council members who have 
you know, requested that a similar ordinance be presented to city council, which, which it has been, which would prohibit camping on public property in the city limits. So, so what's, what's happened uh, in the past uh, few years or so is that, um, you know, there's, there's been a homeless uh, situation in Wheeling. Um, we do not permit um, camping or homeless camps on, in parks. Um, we uh, have restricted camping along um, the uh, Heritage Trail because it's also a park um, type thing. But there's there are several public properties around you know that are owned by the city of Wheeling or the state of uh, state of West Virginia, etc. And there has been camping uh, in those sites or on those properties. And um, you know we've kind of um, in coordination with some of the uh, agencies you know informally adopted a, a policy, I guess, for lack of a better term, administrative policy, that we're not, I'm not going to go looking for homeless camps, okay? If, 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 if there's a homeless camp that is, you know, being kept clean, that, you know, isn't, for lack of a better term, bothering anybody, you know, we're not, we're not out there looking for that. That's been the case up until this summer has been a really, really rough one. Uh, we had a we had a camp that it was established uh, out at Tunnel Green, which was a very bad situation. Uh, we had to, you know, we talk about the eviction that was just uh, delayed. That's a that's a different situation, uh, similar but different. Um, the Tunnel Green camp was drug activity, uh, harassing people along the trail. Um, or criminals were being arrested in that camp, uh, etc. So we did an eviction notice on that camp and cleaned it out on September 13th. Okay. The Tunnel Green. The Tunnel Green Camp, yes. And, um, and, and they, that morphed a little bit once we cleaned that one out when we, we made sure that we dealt with where those, some of those folks moved to uh, right down the stream or the, uh, the ditch, made sure that that was taken care of. The camp, and, the camp uh, so that was, that was a very, generated a lot of complaints, a lot of legitimate complaints, and that camp was on public property and was, was not a good situation. And there are others around, around town, too, that uh, could morph into that, but, but have not, to be honest with you. Um, but it, the, the uh, Nelson Jordan Center camp um, wasn't officially designated as a camp, but uh, we did permit people to, to camp there. Um, it, you know, the homeless liaison uh, coordinated uh, to the extent she could, you know, what was going on up there. Uh, but again, it, you know, it morphed into significant criminal activity, dumping uh, our operations department there for uh, about a two-week period was up there every single day dealing with trash right. and dumping. Uh, there were fires set that, you know, the homeless people were telling the fire department, don't come up here, we're allowed to do this. And, you know, I think at one point in time it set the fire alarms off at the federal building. Um, so just all kinds of things that, you know, you, you, that you can't accept, okay? And at some point in time, you know, if they're not going to – adhere to some standard we have to go up there and take action and that's what prompt the criminal activity that's what prompted the eviction notice. that is the camp where one of the homeless folks came out and beat up a, a city or attacked a city worker that's correct yeah and, and i i keep hearing talk that there's one guy there who wanders around with a machete that's correct and and i had a, i had a complaint uh, just thursday night that um uh from uh, a wheeling uh, central uh coach um behind their gym that some homeless people came out and were, were trying to get antifreeze off of uh, girls' basketball players, and they had knives on them. Um, you know, and they came from that camp. 
Um, so it, it gets to the point where if, if you have an area, we recognize that people are going to camp out. We wish they wouldn't, but if they do, you know, here's a spot that, you know, maybe we can work with you on, but if you're not going to work with us, you're going to have to change. And, and the fact that uh, people were up there, um, you know, initially to, to try to help the problem doesn't mean that you get to stay there in perpetuity if, if there's problems and there's problems up there. And now once the notice was uh, posted, those problems diminished a little bit to the point where, you know, there is an end in sight with the, which I thought was a reasonable request is to get to the winter freeze. And so we'll see how things go between now and the winter freeze. But um, since since you uh, put that delay into effect, what I'm hearing you say is Thursday there was still more trouble there, right? There, I'm, I'm trying to think of the timing on this, but that there, was yes, the Thursday Thursday evening. But the the trouble um, the the trouble didn't rise to the that trouble didn't rise to the level of criminal activity. It is not illegal to walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, could I get some antifreeze off of you?" You know, why they needed antifreeze, I don't know. I was going to ask that question. But but, but but that's part of the neighborhood harassment component of it. I mean, people that live in that neighborhood, they don't want that. And, and and when you have something where, you know, you've got public property, they look to the city, they look to city council members, they look to city administration, you got to do something about this. We, that's unacceptable to have that type of thing happen. But and then And then on top of that, you've got the criminal activity, the sanitation issues, the garbage, the dumping, I mean, it, it, it needed to be addressed, and we are going to address it. But, you know, hopefully we can, um, you know, work our way through the next several weeks uh, till we get to the winter freeze. But if not, you know, we'll post it again, and that, that there won't, won't be a repeat, reprieve that time. Well, let me ask you, first of all, a factual question, then get to more of a what-do-we-do kind of question. Uh, what about the winter free shelter? Is the Life Hub going to be the winter free shelter? Yeah. Do we know that for sure? Yes, it is. Uh, the Life Hub that is going to uh, run, which the is winter- in the old church across, essentially across from City Hall that, down on that on 16th Street. That's there. correct. Yes. Um, the, now the Life Hub uh, or the uh, winter freeze, you know, obviously was at YSS in East Wheeling for for many many years, and it actually it was my idea um, to approach YSS when we acquired. OVMC and said, you know, hey, we've got this floor at Northwood or at, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't called Northwood. It was, uh, anyway, it was a behavioral health unit at, uh, in the Northwood in the building, building yeah. um, that would be a great spot. And, and YSS didn't want to house it anymore. They, they were concerned about some fire issues. So we had the winter freeze for one year at, uh, in that building, and it went very, very well. We did it again the second year, and it was, it was a complete disaster. Um, so, and, and then ultimately, you know, and we went WVU into medicine. Yeah. And then ultimately anyway, yeah, they went so. into it. Yeah. So, so then it was at Catholic charities, um, on main street, it was better managed. Uh, we learned from the mistakes. We all learned from the mistakes from the year at, uh, the second year at OVMC and it went pretty well there. So now, and that's not a good situation. I mean, they have a ballroom where they had people sleeping, et cetera. Right. So now that the life hub has acquired the, uh, the church, they're going to run the winter freeze there. Um, for this year. So it, and it, I know that there's the, the way it's going to be set up, they're hiring staff with background checks. It's going to be staffed appropriately. And, and I think it really has a, a great opportunity to go back to the level of success that the first year at OVMC, but certainly for years at YSS. Um, what is the Life Hub going to be? I mean, I'm still having a hard time getting my hand or head around it. I've had Melissa in here several times. I've talked to the mayor about it a few times. I'm still not totally... I don't have this vision in my head yet, what's happening. Well, there. okay, so, you know, we, we've got lots of agencies that have, um, you know, assisted in, in serving the homeless uh, throughout the community for many, many years. And and part of the reason for the uh, 
homeless liaison was to try to coordinate those groups, um, you know, from an independent arm's length perspective from the city as a neutral kind of coordinator uh, type uh, situation. And, and that has had some success. But I, I think it's become uh, it's the recommendation of the homeless liaison and is that if we create a life hub and there are there are this is a new concept, but there are some other cities that are, you know, a little bit ahead of us in, in this concept is that if you have a one-stop place for homeless folks for, for basic services, um, which could be coordinated, would, would be coordinated with other nonprofits um, for um, uh, medical care, um, ID, making sure that they get their IDs, uh, some educational issues, um, um, uh, getting folks into substance abuse programs, and then providing uh, a low-barrier shelter, um, a small low-barrier shelter, that that would be kind of a pivot point for for everybody to go through. So I, the, the, the Life Hub will be a center for services for people who are homeless. And, 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 and kind and, of a clearinghouse, and just, too. But, and, okay, and a clearinghouse. Will it, but there also will be a shelter component to the, it. The component is a, a small, low-barrier shelter, yes. Is that wise? A homeless shelter next to Independence Hall? Well, um yeah, I mean, obviously, the, you know, wh- where is where is the best spot for one? I mean, um, you know, the, the fact that uh, Helping Heroes is, you know, have has a similar situation across the street. You know, there, there's a government building across the street in the city county building. Um, you know, it is close to other services, um, which will be very important for that for the Life Hub. So, I mean, you know, the fact it's next to um uh, the Independence Hall, I mean, is it certainly a downside? You know, in fact, it's right downtown. You know, certainly there'd be other other locations that might be better. But, you know, it, as far as it's there's no such thing as a great location for it. But, you know, it, it is one. Let me first of all ask Bob Slider. Bob, do I need to take can I can keep talking to Bob Heron or not? Let's keep talking. All right. Good. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't go, so. So it's not the best situation, but it is where things are um, at, at at least at the moment. I, I will say this: that the Life Hub, uh, uh, Melissa and and Joyce from the Wheeling Housing Authority, they looked at a, a number of different locations um, that just didn't work out, including uh, you know some vacant property in East Wheeling and, and the the expense associated with it, and uh, et cetera, just w- wouldn't have made it work. So, Bob, well, I I am strongly sensing. Um, great compassion on your part for people who are homeless. You know, you, you do not strike me, uh, and certainly the conversation today does not strike me as among those folks who say, throw them all out, put them on a bus, right. get them out of town. You have some compassion. There. So with that in mind, just in your, what's the answer? I mean, what is the answer here? Well, you have, you have homeless that we need to, to, to understand they've got problems and deal with, and you also have that becomes a problem for the citizens in the city. It, what do you, how do you balance that? It, it, it is, it is very difficult. It's a very difficult uh, situation that cities across the country are, are facing. I think that in this community, there's, you know, you mentioned compassion. I think there's a lot of compassion of people towards homeless, the homeless uh, issue uh, in the city of Wheeling, but I think they need to be a little bit more um, realistic in trying to deal with folks um, and trying to get them into permanent housing and not not accepting the fact that you know you, you, if you want to live outside you can live outside I mean we need to we need to do everything we possibly can to make avenues available for these folks to um, you know get their lives straightened around get permanent housing and 
and minimize it to the extent possible. I don't think we're ever going to eliminate homelessness in in the city of Wheeling, but you know, I think nationwide. But we certainly can reduce the number that we currently have, and it's just going to take a coordinated effort and I think a little bit of a change in philosophy going forward. Well, I've said on this show before uh, recently, uh, to me there are three aspects of the homeless problem. One is we need to care for the homeless who have real problems, and what do we do about that? We can't just yeah. ignore them and throw them out. Uh, number two, we have to deal with the legal issues. We have to deal with people who walk around with machetes and beat up people. You got to be more aggressive the, on that. The, the, the problem, no, yeah, I, I agree with you. But the problem with that is, and I talked to a magistrate just on Friday, and they're backlogged with homeless uh, cases. The police department's doing their job. Okay, they are arresting these people. But if if you look, I, I would venture to say there's not a single person in jail right now, long term that de- that is in jail because of a typical homelessness Homeless person yeah. i mean literally they're arrested they're bonded out and they're walking back up to the camp within five minutes um well five that's an exaggeration you, but you know right away i mean so it's it's just not something that that unfortunately you're going to go to jail long term on and we've talked about ways to at least you know hold people for you know whatever the legal legally allowed time is and it's just not it's just not there um, finding so. them doesn't would be foolish because yep. they don't have the money to pay a fine to begin right. with uh, but but one of the things though that that I, I think needs to be addressed is that designate in an area, and and one of the things that I know that there are city council members that are interested in is having a managed camp where there are people there, you know, managing folks, having sanitation facilities, etc. That was tried to a certain extent across from Catholic Charities underneath the freeway, in that you know the DOH allowed that for a period of time, but that got out of control. It's just that designating people, designating areas for for camps, and not having proper supervision, even when you do have proper supervision, I think it's questionable. It's just, it's not going to work. It, it didn't work in East Wheeling. It didn't work across some Catholic charities. It's just not going to work. I got a lot more I want to talk to you about on this, but I got to. Uh, we're out of time. Um, the third aspect of the homeless thing I talk is panhandling, which is a different issue. That is an irritant. I don't think that's necessarily a public safety issue. Right. Most of the time. Although, have you followed at all what they're doing in Mon County, what they're talking about down there? I have, yes. Uh, tell me about how that's supposed to work. And well, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I do know that the county commission down there, um, I don't know if they've actually enacted their ordinance or not. They have but not. I, I, they, think I know they, they were having public hearings on it, uh, et cetera. So I, I don't know the ins and outs of that. But the idea is to use public safety, street safety as – Panhandling is a hard thing to regulate because of Supreme Court. Right, that's correct. That's why I understand. But there may be some ways because it's intruding on the public right of ways and making things unsafe. That's what I think Mon County is looking at and might be worth following, I guess. And, and, you know, what we've we've talked about that and the DOH has been uh, has been very cooperative on, you know, over there. Perkins, there's one side of the street that that would not meet the criteria for safe panhandling. Uh, and one that does. Um, and we've tried to enforce that, but, you know, it's you have to have somebody out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week enforcing it, and it's just difficult to do. i got so many other things I want to talk to you about. I, let's get you back here sometime real soon. Oh, no, my pleasure. I'd be happy I, I, to I come want back. to talk about a wide, wide range of other things and maybe a little bit more on the homeless as well. Oh, how are we coming on the comprehensive plan? I, I worked on it the last couple of times. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we've uh, uh, hired a consultant, consulting from a new consulting firm, uh, to work on the comprehensive plan this year, a company out of uh, Pittsburgh and uh, called Evolve. And uh, I was part of the interviewing process. City Council has authorized that contract. but And I don't, I'm not trying to be um, sexist here or anything, but the, the team is an all-female team that has uh, expertise in just about every single aspect of issues that we're facing in Wheeling, both urban, rural, 
um, infrastructure, et cetera. So I'm excited to bring a new team in to work with the Planning Commission, work with City Council to update the comprehensive plan. I think you'll, I, I think it'll be an excellent process. It certainly be different than in the past, and uh, I think it'll be successful. Well, I hopefully we'll work with that. On the other hand, I'm an old white guy, so I don't know if I'm <laughs> going to stay on the <laughs> on the commission or not under the under the new guidelines. But uh, Bob, appreciate you coming in this morning. Thanks very much. Um, uh, I, I'll talk to you later today or something about getting you back here. Absolutely, soon, no problem. Because I yeah. really want to follow up on some more things. But first, I've got like two minutes to talk to Bob Westfall from the Big Seven WTRF TV. Bob, sorry to keep you so long, but tell me what you're working on today. All right, some things working on today. Garson Taylor trial in Moundsville continues. Uh, former fire chief Benwood, uh, domestic situation, uh, so that continues. Uh, Jake is down there as well covering that. Uh, got a presser in about three minutes, uh, Life Hub Winter Shelter, uh, just talking about the homeless in the area. Uh, we'll update the Winter Shelter and their plans uh, as we move toward a Life Hub here in Wheeling. Uh, also, uh, Nathan Holy Cross out of Belmont County uh, is set to plead. He was set to stand trial for soliciting a 14-year-old. Uh, busted. Uh, he's been charged with uh, one count of import tuning and three counts of criminal tools. I would assume that must have meant a uh, computer. So we've got that. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're going to take a look at the Walty home. We've got a longtime manager over there who's about ready to retire. And then, of course, uh, we've got the dreary weather that's... Uh, uh, continues uh, uh, this week, so it's uh, uh, a little bit uh, dreary weather, news kind of everywhere today. All right, people can check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5, 30 for the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, the award-winning website, and carry Channel 7 in your pocket with your Storm Tracker 7 app, the news app, set up for push notifications so when something pops up, you will be notified quickly right there on your phone. Sorry to uh, cut you short, Bob. We'll have more time tomorrow. Thanks very much for joining us today. Bye, guys. All right. That's it for today, Mr. Slider. Time to say sign R. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Kerchival's got the calm coming up next. Um, and then uh, Seth Stasky in today at noon, the Neil Brown press conference, and the Pine Room guys. This is from 1977. Also, I'm playing this for Bob Heron. Nobody does it better. FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling.